after decades ago very prophetic those things are happening right in front of our eyes we discuss it here on a daily basis for a couple hours usually among a few folks call in put their two cents in get it off their chest they feel better i'm sure paul felt better yesterday after he vented but then we got a, a internet problem and boom it was down for almost an hour ding dong ding Doc, I say I hadn't got that little chime knocked out yet. Good morning, Doc. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Can you hear me this morning? I can hear you just fine. Oh, what a surprise. I really appreciate you taking my call. It's well, our first time back on spot, uh, Skype. Okay, well, I'm just getting started here, so let me just put, uh, put you on the back yes, burner sir. for a second here and just go ahead and say that it's Roger Sales oh. and it's the Radio Ranch and the People's Patriot Network, and the date on today's show is September the 26th as we approach the end of this month and get ready for the volatile one up ahead. And uh, I was just saying yesterday in the pretty much the middle of the show, the Internet just flat went down. And it was really unusual because we got two routers on the property here, one at the other building and the, and the one here that's just me because there's no other renter upstairs as of yet. And uh, so, boom, uh, and, and Jack called. Here comes Shane coming in. Jack called because uh, he listens and monitors the show, and he called the other uh, building, the guy that's down there, my, my friend and landlord, and uh, he came down. And said, well, would Jack call? What's going on? I was sitting outside in a, in a hanging chair I've got out there under the avocado trees. And uh, said, well, I got no internet. And he said, well, it's up at my place. So we each have a different phone line connected to it. So one phone line went down. It was down for 45 minutes. We tried rebooting the router two or three times and everything else, and nothing worked. And then, boom, I went off and did some stuff and came back, and it was on, but there was only a few minutes left in the program. There's already almost an hour lag in there, so I'm sure nobody hung around. So, anyway, it looks like we're back. It's just one of the many myriad of problems that you got to deal with to do this. It's either some kind of software glitch or some Microsoft update or Internet goes down or the upload speed's crappy or it's always something. You know, it very well rarely seems to go smoothly. Maybe one of these days I'll get an option and get a decent Internet connection in here. It's just right now we're relegated to this because it's the only one we got. Okay, well, let's see here. Shane's tried to call in once or twice, and he can't get called in and hooked up. So we'll see if he gets there or not. Uh, welcome, Shane. Shane, listen, man, please put your mute on if you're not talking because you've always got ambient noise in the background there. Yes. And now that you got a good connection, see when it was a, when you called in, that crap didn't matter. But when you're calling in on Skype, it's the fidelity so far superior that you really notice that. Now here's a good example because I'm about to bring Chris in, and he's calling on a phone and refuses to load Skype. So you can hear the difference here as he gets cleaned in. Hey, Chris, welcome on board. 
I guess. Good Chris, morning. There you are. Glad to see you there. There you go. See what I mean? See the scratchy difference and stuff? So, Doc, you were first here. What you got on your mind today on Thursday the 26th, Amigo? Well, again, I appreciate you taking my call, Roger. And I was wondering if you were uh, uh, watching the True News and listened to what the Prez had to say about the different situations and if you had any comments about that. I hadn't watched True News all week. He's been up there at the United Nations or something. Uh, I haven't been paying too much attention to what the president's. It's all a bunch of crap, so... Uh, I know that they're trying to – all of a sudden, whistleblowers are important. You know, you can have whistleblowers on 9-11 and every other damn thing, all the financial stuff, and they get buried. But now, all of a sudden, we got a whistleblower, and the, two days later, he shows up in front of Congress. I mean, it's the biggest bunch of manipulated political theater. Why do you pay attention to it is the question. Don't you think that's a valid question? Why do you pay attention to it? Doc, I'm asking you a question. Can you not hear me? Entertainment value. Well, okay, there's an answer. Oh, yes. I, yes, I can hear you. Okay. Well, why do you, you? why do you pay attention to it? They they they're always lying. You got all of these situations like I just went over. We've had every whistleblower in the world come forward for 10 years and they bury their asses and prosecute them and throw them in jail, neuter them or do something to them like the CIA guy shift take away his his pension. So now all of a sudden we got this whistleblower and 2 days after he comes on the scene he's in front of Congress in the morning. Do you, do you see any inconsistency there? Well, what if, normally. Do what, Doc? Speak up. I just, it's, just, it's kind of normal. It is kind of normal. Yeah, well, that's why I don't pay any attention to it. So you asked me if I'd listen, no. Do I have any comment? No. Other than I know that the Democrats are absolutely scared, running scared, or they wouldn't be doing this. It's absolute suicide with his popularity for them to try and bring up an impeachment thing on something as frivolous as this situation in the Ukraine, in which is all based on Biden and their party's graft and collusion. Evidently, Biden sent his son Hunter all around the globe to the Chinese and and to uh, uh, over there to the Ukraine and one or two other places. And excuse me, just went around as a collecting tool and setting up graft. I mean, they were paying his son, who had no petro uh, background at all in the petrochemical industry or the gas industry or anything else, and he goes and gets on the oligarch board of the number one oligarch-run gas company in the Ukraine, and they're paying him $50,000 a month with no experience. And Trump, and do you know, I mean, do you understand the story here? And so back when the Ukraine was a hotter situation, they had, I don't know, a billion dollar or a couple of billion dollars worth of loans they were going to give them. And they had a real honest, astute prosecutor who was going after Biden and all this corruption on this board. And so the, uh, the deal, and I've seen clips several times, I saw it again last night, 
of Biden that is speaking at like the Council of Foreign Relations bragging about it. I mean, this clip's floating brown and has been for a couple of years. And he says, well, I called uh, Poroshenko, whoever the head of the Ukraine was, and I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If that prosecutor isn't fired within six hours, you don't get the billion dollars. Well, that's what all this is about. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I appreciate your opinion on that. Thank you for that. Well, I, you know, listen, let me give you my opinion. I try and not major on the minors. Uh, you know, I try and spend my time thinking about looking at and staying on top of things that are important, like the financial area, legal area, and things like that. And I think that when you get distracted, they're doing this to distract you and other people. Why do you take the bait? That's the question. I, I don't take no bait. I just know what other no. people are talking about. Well, all right. Other people are pretty stupid. Have you noticed? Other people don't even hardly know if it's raining outside to come in out of it. Have you noticed? I mean, you know, that, see, that's the whole point of this program is to try and get yourself individually centered and aware and make proper decisions and spend your time in the right area. Hey, Cody, welcome. Cody, you know, the other day Jim called, Jim S. called from our Florida. He's been a longtime listener. He sends me stuff occasionally on the email. And he came in, and we spent 20, 25 okay. minutes on, is it a, are you a U.S. national? Are you a USA national? And what it says here and down here and here, and here's this little word over here. And they've built up all those defenses and done all that crap to trick you. Okay? So, as I told him, we know there's two statuses. You're either free or you're bond. Those are the two statuses. There's no other ones. Does anybody know of any other status than free or bond? I hear silence. That must mean there are no others. Slave and slave. That's bond. That's bond. Okay? Bond. Yeah, yeah, I know. Bond. It's the root word of bondage. Okay? So hold on just a second, Cody. This is important. Why spend all your time digging through all those regulations to find one word you got to quit when you either know you are or you're not? We know you're either free or you're bond, and we know the scheme that they've made you bond, and we know what they call it as an identifier. All you got to know is you don't want to be that. It doesn't care, matter what the hell else they call you as long as I'm not that. So why spend hours, days, weeks, years, as some people have, digging through all them damn statutes and regulations when it's that simple that I just laid out? So, okay, great, go waste your time. That's what I'm here for is to try and save you from wasting your time and know what's going on and try and be able to communicate it with other people. But people just insist on diving into these mountains of, of regulations and crap that they've put there so you don't and won't understand them and they can defeat you. And our people still insist on diving in there and spending their time there. You know, your time is the only thing they can take away from you that you can't get back. You can get back the money you've, they've stolen. Yep. You can get your wife back. You can get your house back. You can get a car back. You can't get your damn time back. Yeah. I was arguing with my wife. You know, she's so brainwashed into thinking this Trump thing. And I, they, 
yesterday on Alex Jones, they played that CFR tape where, uh, you know, Biden's talking about, oh, I told them I'm leaving in six hours and you're not going to get a billion dollars if you don't uh, fire the prosecutor. I said, if you look at the gravity, even if you think Trump did something a little, it's only a little wrong compared to what, you know, Biden did by threatening them when his son was involved with that prosecutor. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable, and it goes to show you exactly what I told Doc. Well, people are talking about it. Well, what people are talking, people don't know their ass from a hole in the dirt. Have you noticed? Well, they're easy, so easily manipulated. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess part of it with my wife is then she brings up, okay, that, you know, Trump, uh, oh, he paid off or whatever the prostitute. Well, that's that's such a, I mean, where you're at, prostitution is legal. I mean, it maybe should be legal in most of these countries, well, and then they're sitting there. It is a victim. You know? It is a victimless crime, let's face it. But uh, what about why? why what about Indian. what about all the girls that Bill Clinton bit their lip and raped them and all that stuff? You didn't hear any outroar about that from any of those folks. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. I was. This, what else uh, was this, I this is. Oh, I was. I, this is why I try and get in here and concentrate on all of y'all individually, so some people, so you'll have the knowledge and the understanding, and maybe you can help people like Susanna out down the line at some point because you do know what you're talking about. But uh, I just I try not to get distracted on all that stuff because it's meant to distract you. I know that their one yeah. of their prime methods is deflection. Oh, don't look over here. Look over there. You know, which one's the P under? It's all the same crap, okay? And if you start buying in and chasing their rabbits, you're going to be chasing their rabbits. If you want their rabbit skin, you go chase their rabbits, okay? Yeah, it, uh, well, I don't know, the, you're talking about the deflection, I'm trying to think, okay, so she'll bring up, oh, something about the prostitute, well, he was, he was threatening, I said, well, no, he's, I mean, he is the commander-in-chief, and he has the right to do deals with other countries, and if he thinks that somebody was committing treason, well, hold it. you let know, me, by let getting, me ask I mean, you and actually, you, well, ask, what about this whole, you, this whole Iran deal with this thing that blew up, oh, Trump pulled us out of the Iran deal, and all the European allies are upset, and everybody's upset, there wasn't an Iran deal, it was never signed, Cody. Nobody ever signed it. They just gave them all these crate loads. They sent a couple of C-130s over there with pallet loads, $100 bills, which they turned around. I thought Congress did vote on it after. No, no, no. It was never signed. They never did. It was never signed. Uh, Yep, and people have to remember a treaty has got to be ratified by a treaty. No, no, that's not right. A treaty is only ratified by the Senate. Only, only by the Senate. By the Senate, right, yeah. Okay, you got a couple of people. Chris, you joined us. Let's see, Doc's there. I guess we got his address. Shane just wants to sit there in the background and listen. For some reason, he can't listen over the tune-in or the other. But we did get Daryl joining us. So, hello, Mr. Daryl. Sorry about the Internet foobar yesterday. Oh, I... uh that's that's perfectly uh, understandable and uh under the under the circumstances i think uh everything's 
you're doing a fine you, job. You know, here, you know so. what I did? Uh, I, I wrote Jack yesterday, and I should tell you, Cody, what I'm learning is Ecuador teaches you tolerance. In what way? Yeah. In that you have to tolerate this crap to live here. So you're saying what, what parts are like the Pica Placa or the the internet the, the, <laughs> the, inter, the internet situation? Oh, the internet. Yeah, yeah, gotcha there. Yeah. So anyway, well, Darryl, you know, if you want to invest in data, data on your phone, you know, you can have a backup on your phone there. No, no, no. You can't run all this fancy software Roger, uh, on my phone. Sorry. Go ahead, Daryl. I uh. I had a I had a phenomenal day yesterday. Actually, I had a, a great opportunity to spend the better part of the uh, the daylight hours with a one Mr. Harvey Weissong oh, and to a face to face a face to face with. Are you ready for it, Mr. Lou Patrick? Uh oh! Oh, he's oh. back in the country, okay. is he? Oh, cool! They were. Yeah, he's he's on the he's on the yearly uh, Lou tour, right? And um, they came over, and uh, we shot uh, we we shot guns, and we talked about the things we talk about, and we had a great lunch, and uh, we we sat in the office here and looked at the library and books and had a great conversation, and it was just a pleasure. Just a joy, absolute joy for me to spend quality time face-to-face with two men who aren't living in a state of cognitive dissonance and uh, denial. Uh, these are real men who uh, have, you know, 70-plus years of, of uh, wisdom and experience and have learned the hard lessons and are ready to move on and put down the childish things and the uh, the drivel, yeah. um, and I was I was just uh, I was just ecstatic. I was I was the kid in the bunch, and we I I just uh, well you uh, got I to just, spend I would say yeah, just right really off, enjoyed it. You got so. to spend time with two of my favorite people. Okay, honestly. Uh, and as you yeah. know, as you yeah. know from knowing these guys personally now, um, well, what a what a lucky what man, awesome. uh, what a lucky man you are. But who was going to say something there? Yes, I. Yeah. Somebody was going to uh, trying to say well, something. Uh, Hold on, dear. Yeah, I think Cody was that you, Cody. I was Cody. Oh, or was you, Cody? Doc That's or somebody. I, I was. I'm going to just comment that that what an awesome experience. I kind of envy you there, uh, Daryl. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was just. It's just great. You don't have to. You can just jump into the middle of the conversation in the deep end without. Uh, you know your water wings on and and start and and get to it and um, yeah so it was it was wonderful and Harvey brought his dog and his dog got along with my dog and uh, it was uh, it was a great day and uh, you know I, I I think you're talking about something here power very powerful that's uh, earlier here in your conversation, Roger, and and uh, it goes back to humanity and our behavior and why we 
you know, I, as a very young man, I was in despair in, in my 20s because I looked around and I didn't know anything, but I, I sort of knew I didn't know anything. And I looked around and I didn't see anybody else that really seemed to know anything. And, but I was aware of this. Uh, nobody seems to be learning over the thousands of years. I said, can't you people, you've, you've been here all this time and you can't get this figured out. And, and it was, it was despairing to me because I, I really didn't see any, uh, I, I didn't see any, anybody that was presenting any, any wisdom. I knew I was being lied to, but, uh, I, I sort of tried to ignore it. And, and so what, what, what's kind of come down the road here is that you, you, people are being entrained, these distractions, this theater, this hypocritus, uh, as Paul, uh, Brent calls it, they're actors, and, and this is a stage. As, as William Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage, and, and these are stage actors. Uh, this is... Uh, it's political. Shame it's, on us it's for politi it's political yeah. theater. It's yeah, political theater. Yeah. It, it's acting for as Gerald Salenti says. This is acting for ugly people, <laughs> and um, so uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 thing that uh, you know, I, I want to throw a maxim out here. A maxim. Uh, which is this either you have a plan uh, i'm not I'm, I'm talking i'm talking to everybody personally uh you whoever you are if you you as in you don't have a plan you are somebody else's plan okay and 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 here's the rub most people are somebody else's plan because yep. uh, you're not working a plan you're caught up in their plan. You're not working your plan. You are a part of their plan because you're involved in their business. And uh, you're distracted by it, and you've wasted your time. And now you're invested in wasting your time, and you don't want to let go of that because you're uh, a man or a woman, and damn if you don't want to be right. You want to be right. And so you will continue to throw uh, uh, additional effort, energy, and time into somebody else's plan so that you can be right. Well, you're going to lose, all right? You're just going to lose. Thank you. And uh, uh, the, the, uh, so, so all these people that want to hear this information and know about the truth and reality as far as the uh, – uh, polit politics, the laws of politics, and who you are and what you're about, you're in rebellion. If, if you think you're a state citizen uh, a, uh, and, and you're involved in their theater and you're trying to overtake that, uh, alter that, you're in rebellion to them. Uh, uh, so you have to disassociate. I know this is true because people are living in a contradiction. So if if you if you're living in contradiction, uh, you've been co-opted. All right, they they've affected it. They got you, and and 
and people get outraged, and the reason they're outraged is because of their own their own ignorance is outraging them. Okay, they've rubbed they bumped up against themselves, and they can't stand it. And you have to get over it. Confidence, the lack of confidence. A lot of it. Some of it is. Well, that, yeah. Shane. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know Cody's wife, uh, Cody. Uh, so I don't know your wife. Never met her. Yeah. I, actually, I've heard that she's a wonderful person, uh, a lady. I shouldn't you say person. She's a wonderful lady. But here's the thing: if if you don't have any other options in what you think reality and uh, plans are, or purposes that you can affect for yourself personally you will become hysterical about you being right or somebody else doing something for you that they are right and are going to protect you, okay? And this is why people get hysterical is because they're not, they're, they're really, they, when, they, when they look out past that dark spot, what they, they think is uh, the, the basis of, of life and how they're living here, and uh, they look out there, they get scared. They get scared, and and they want uh, the Democrats. They have a mommy and daddy problem. Uh, the Democrats have a, a mommy problem. It's the mommy say, and mommy's going to take care of me. And and the, and the conservative Republicans, they have a daddy problem. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. He's my daddy's going to kick your daddy's butt. And and and. At the end of the day, what we're both talking about is very immature perspectives, worldviews, belief systems, and your personal responsibility. And and I have said a mouthful here, and I need to step aside for As I said yesterday, <laughs> uh, and that's very well said, Daryl, as I said yesterday, here we got, you got virtually every one of the medieval diseases – are now, has now been found in Los Angeles. Typhus, the plague, uh, uh, the four or five other ones now, okay? So we've got an incredible immigration problem. We've got a tremendous financial problem. Uh, and here they're bringing up a whistleblower about something in the Ukraine. I mean, don't get sucked into this. My, major on the majors and not on the minors because this is for each one of you individually. Yeah. Hell, I can't sit here and, and, and live and, and, and plan your life for you. You got to do it. And the best thing we can do is have some people that are grounded in truth and can make some kind of accurate decisions. Do you, you know, the, I was saying yesterday, the old saying my, one of my tra early trainers told me, I've used it on the air before, if you, the best way to help the poor, you remember that one? The best way to help the poor is to not be one yeah. of them. Not be one of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how I protect myself. I don't get involved with these people. I, I'm literally, I'm literally not involved with them. And we had a long conversation about this yesterday with uh, my uh, my esteemed uh, fellows that were here. And and uh, Harvey was first time Harvey been here, and obviously Lou, uh, just just a joy to meet him. And we, we I gave him a tour of of the shop and the ground, and this is what we what I do, and this is how I do it, and this is here's some of this and the details and the and how um, 
I've disconnected myself from their system, and and that right there uh, puts a uh, I have an immune system, and uh, I, I, there's like a barrier between me and them as as it should be. Uh, the thems, the, the municipalities, the federal. Uh, I, I, I'm not in rebellion from them. I don't follow their code, statutes, and regulations. Okay, because I'm not part of their uh, their their plebiscite. Uh, and, and you need to disconnect from it. Uh, so Harvey asked me. He he might even be listening. And he asked me. We're sitting there at the lunch table. He said, or at the the table we're eating in town. He goes, what, what, what are some of these other things? I said, well, uh, go, a- after you do this, I said, go and uh, rescind your voter registration. Get rid of it. I said, the next thing you need to do, if, if you have, is I says you need to drop any incorporation that is sanctioned by the state. Get rid of these, okay? Stop doing business with people that require a 1099. Uh, get de de link yourself. De, these are the things that we need to be doing and talking about, so that you get a a barrier, a shield, an immune system, uh, where uh, you're not affected by them and they're not preying on or feeding on you. So, uh, uh, it, it, so the point I was making, and they got it. They both got it. They said, look. You're really, they're seeing how I'm really doing it, hands on. This is what I do. So if, if you are engaged, involved, and contracted and signed your name on things and you're involved with these people and you're trying to act like you're something that you're not, you, you're going to get your butt kicked by them, okay? They don't bother me. They don't bother me, and I'm just telling people the straight up of it. If you're being affected by these people this way, in, a, in a deleterious way, it's because you've contracted with them. In some form or another, you are still linked into them, and they have jurisdiction. So uh, I, this is going to be a problem for people uh, that are listening to this that have businesses and have to require, that requires a license from uh, these people that... Um, uh, you're in disagreement with as as to how you live and who you are. Uh, is is this am I am I am I making any sense here? Yeah, uh, except Roger? I would like I'd like to you say are. that once you're outside well, of their jurisdiction, scope, and purview, I think you can still do business with them. I mean, you say you get a 1099, uh, but and that's okay as long as the tax code and the people there know your correct status. It doesn't matter. You don't know anything on it. And the other thing that we could use here is the double-sided sword, because should those people that would issue the 1099 have any problem with that doing business with you, you've now got a potential basis for a discrimination lawsuit because they can't. So there, there's another aspect of it. I'm not saying yours isn't right. I know that it's, it feels real good not to have any kind of dealings with them. But yet with me, I get my Social Security every month. Uh, and I, I filed the affidavit with my Social Security filing for when I opened up the account. There's never been a word said. I, I think if you've got that affidavit filed, yeah. it gives you a lot of room to play. Honestly, I think it does. But you're going to have to have people that are willing to press the envelope, well, and most people aren't. 
let's face it. Most well, people are not willing to yeah. confront them and that, stand and, their ground and push their issue. The, this 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 thing with uh, uh, this this so-called thing called a benefit from the Social Security, uh, uh, depending upon the circumstances of each individual, it may be a benefit or it may be a contractual obligation of an annuity uh, of this this uh, these people that you uh, co- contracted with uh, when, when they uh, you. Uh, well, I contracted uh, my put father. money into their system. Well, my dad, right. my dad yeah, so, contracted so, it with me, with them for me when I was sixteen and going to get my first job at the officers' club up there in Elmendorf, and I couldn't work over there unless I had a social security number. So my my father went and did that for me, and all the years that I worked, they took a little bit yeah. out, and the uh, employer contributed an equal share. And at the end, it wasn't any benefit. It was the money that they took from me in an agreement that they'd steal 90% and give me 10% back like they do with everybody else. So and now if I had a disabled, exactly. if and I was is, disabled, yeah. if I was disabled or had some other kind of thing and I was receiving an actual payment for that, that would be a benefit. The money they're stolen 90% of and returned to me a little bit every month is not a benefit. It's a detriment, really. <laughs> But I'm real glad to have it. So you know the thing you, you can you can actually you can actually do this. Yeah, the, the, these people these people called the SSA, Social Security Administration. They're no different. They are absolutely no darn different than if you went to an insurance company and bought an annuity. Exactly. And the same. you paid the term on it, and it, 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 they're exactly the same. Uh, listen, I. I I'm not getting any benefit. You you owe me, uh, according to the terms of the contract, an annuity. Okay, there's no benefit here. Daryl. Okay, this Darryl, this is straight up deal. You've okay, heard me. it you've, might be a lousy deal, but it's still a straight up deal. You've heard me tell that story that Bortz used to tell all the time. Now this was when I was in Atlanta years ago. Okay, and Bortz was had gone to Texas A&M. He was familiar with that part of Texas out there. And back, he used to tell this story. There was, when they proposed the Social Security law in the 40s, I believe, there was a clause there that a municipality or city could opt out and start their own program that paralleled the Social Security program. Okay? And there was only one city in the country that did it. And it was a little town down around Corpus Christi somewhere. All right. And the people in that town had their own retirement thing parallel based on Social Security. And even the guy that was the lowest on the totem pole, the 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 garbage guy and the people that worked on the streets, they get ten thousand dollars a month. And that was 20 years ago. They get that much. They put in the same amount. It's just that they didn't get it stolen at the federal level. Yeah, well, they didn't have Al Gore guard in their, their block box for them. Well, thank so, goodness, uh, lucky, lucky people. There, so I, I mean, this, this is uh, uh, this is a great example of putting these relationships in proper context, and you can tell when people are living in cognitive dissonance when they <laughs> become uh, confused or comfortable, either one, with the contradiction, and they, <laughs> their actions in trying to. Uh, uh, live through it, or 
it, you can always identify when you're confused because you're outraged and you're live, dealing with contradictions. Yep. But Daryl, that's only uh, only because you haven't been harassed yet by the feds. If they do harass you, then all of a sudden, well, that's you what have to deal with. We it. have we well, have a well, we have well, a well, saying. What do you mean? We have a saying for that around here, Cody. It's called, well, even if you're legally right on on your status and all that, if they do come and harass you, you still have to spend effort and energy fighting them. I mean, if you have a tyrannical well, government, that, just, that, just like them stealing that, my I mean, property I, at the border, yeah. You still have to fight I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't live in fear, okay? I, I don't yeah. live in any fear, okay? So right. I, I can appreciate that you can take off the glove and smash me like a bug, okay? But that's just, it's just going to be outright tyranny and, and oppression at that point. And, and you know what? There's nothing that anybody can ever do about that in any circumstance uh, against, a, uh, against tyranny and oppression. And and so, but uh, uh, I, I don't live in fear, because right. if you live in fear, you know, fantasized events, uh, future events appearing, fantasized uh, events appearing real, uh, uh, you, you won't do anything. You'll be frozen. You'll be like the Pavlovian dog, and you'll yeah. shake and you'll shiver, and they still have control and power over you. Well, booger off, okay? Uh, what do you, what I, I didn't do you, fly. I didn't fly my jet airplanes based upon fear that somebody else was going to do something. I take responsibility and control. Okay, and let's uh, uh, let, let's have it out. Okay, uh, if you want to take the gloves off, then you're going to have to take the gloves off and bring and, and bring it. Okay, what are you going to uh, do, Daryl, when they harass you? When then they want all your data? You know, when you come across the border the next time, if they, oh, I, we want access to your all your well, electronics. See, I don't. I won't travel like. Uh, see, uh, Cody, the difference between you and I is that I won't travel like you do. Okay, I, I don't have any electronic data that I'm going to try to carry across the border. Okay, what are they going to do? They're going to read my mind. Okay, so you're going to have a phone on you uh, or not? I mean, just. We keep so much stuff well, on our well, phone. Well, I don't know. Why, why do yeah. I, I? I got a flip phone. You want? You want my flip phone? Well, Here's my flip phone. flip phone. I guess yeah. and whatever. But yeah, you know, they might well, want to. They might want to know every this, phone this, number you're communicating well, with. You Cody, know, this, this, this comes back. Cody, Cody, hold well, it. There's, uh, a, there's an yeah. unknown here. There's an unknown I want to throw into the arena. You don't have an affidavit filed. You were still under the presumption when they did all that stuff. Okay. Now, I don't know if it would have made a difference because you're talking about coming over the border, all right? But I do know that it makes a difference in your status and how they deal with you. And you see, once again, that's an, an unknown. Well, let, me, I, yeah. I, I, let me revert back to Donald Run, Rumsfeld. There are knowns and there are unknowns. And there are knowns and unknowns that we don't know. You know, all of that crap, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But I do know this. It's a known. When you put that affidavit on file with them, it changes your status. And two things happen. One, no laws that are made for residents or citizens of the United States under the scope and the purview of the 14th Amendment apply to you. And somewhere in the bowels of the Treasury Department, you're not considered property and collateral anymore. Now, that's probably the second one may be a little idealistic because we know how these creeps work. But I know the first one is applicable. 
I, I just wonder if, if, if Tiny Tim Geithner, uh, if he has his digital digital information uh, confiscated at the borders when he's uh, transferring well, through countries. I'm see, sure not. Uh, you know. these, the, Tiny Tim Geithner uh, knows this information. Uh, there's a lot of these people. I'm... I'm uh, uh, it's it's conjecture on my part, but I I'm I'm stating that a lot of these people understand this and have done these things. Some of those hierarchy okay. have, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, if we could FOIA the State Department and get a list of everybody who's a U.S. national, there'd be an overriding amount of them on that list, and not enough of us. Yep. Since Daryl mentioned Turbo Tax, Tim Geithner. It is worthy recalling that because he was the Secretary of Treasury of Obama, so Chris, he was required because of the Secretary of Treasury. Yep. Uh, sorry, you're he just also, clipping. You're just clipping real bad. I wanted to make sure that people get to hear what you say. Well, I sit still, but I could just. Uh, but he's registered with the IMF as a governor on the monitor. He was. He was for a while. Therefore, he has to register under the Foreign Agents Registration Act because he is a foreign agent. No. Nobody, nobody that's a Zionist Jew ever has to register under the Foreign Registry Registration Act. Only the other people do. Only people like RT. They made RT register as a foreign agent. And Israel runs wild through our entire country and government and financial structure. And nobody, no, not one of them's registered, buddy. Uh, yeah. Well, let, let, me, let me throw out another example here of people's personal contradictory decisions, cognitive dissidents. Uh, I don't know who they are, but here, here, here's a scenario. Uh, they have uh, expendable cash. Uh, they buy, they they invest in bonds. They they're investing in bonds. They're investing in debt, and then they rant and rail about being in bondage. Right. Uh, this is this is this is contradictory. I'm being kind. It's actually hypocrisy. Okay, uh, I don't do any of these things. I, you have to walk your talk. I recommend reading your Bible. Okay, it tells you. Okay, so uh, people people want change and they want safety and they want to keep what they got. They want to keep doing the filth and profiting from it, but they want to be safe and secure. This is the contradiction and hypocrisy of Republicans and conservatives. Okay? This, this is it. All right? You want, you want to recreate and regenerate families, but you, you participate in these other systems because you don't want to take care of your old parents. You don't want to do what Harvey did. Okay? Uh, and... And, and, and so this is the contradiction. It comes back to the individual actions. And if, if you're living in contradictions to what you're, you're stating, you're going to be ineffective. You're, you, it just ain't going to work. 
it's just it, it's trying to um, uh, it, it what it kind of comes down to is you don't believe what you're saying you're not willing to live it and 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 that's harsh but uh, and everybody has to you know come to those terms on their own it's it's you know i i mean i'm i'm not trying to be self-righteous and, and pious here because i'm i'm not but uh i i can't I, I catch myself doing contradictory things i stop and uh so that that's uh i'll i'll, uh, I'll pause there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had a question for chris go ahead mr cody Hey, hey, Chris! You were talking about doing something with the Bundys. You were were you in court most of those days, keeping an eye on all those proceedings? I was kind of curious to hear about it and a little bit more detail on why you were saying the other day you think they're targeting you because you were being a court observer and kind of involved with the Bundy situation. Well, absolutely, I was a courtroom watcher as being one who studied in the courts and combat tested and experienced in the field of battle of the war courts. I was giving live reports every day on the corruption, the uh, judicial intervention, aiding and abetting the prosecution by Gloria Navarro, the supposed Chief Justice of the Ninth Circuit here in Las Vegas. And not only that, I was out at the Bundy Ranch on numerous occasions for festivities that thousands of other people were out there for, musical, uh, food, uh, friendship and camaraderie uh, by the Virgin Muddy River, and um, it was a wonderful experience, but I was actually there the day that the uh, dogs and tasers were sick on the Bundys, and Margaret and uh, Ammon was tased several times, uh, but I had left before that took place, and so they tried to associate me and everybody that was out there, they tried to find something to indict them for. That was uh, Stephen Myrie, the U.S. attorney here in Las Vegas. It was disparaged and disgraced because Gloria DeBarro eventually, when, uh, when Trump got into office, had to reverse her position and find egregious abuse of governmental authority and prosecutorial abuse. Uh, had taken place because of the corruption of the BLM, the FBI, and the U.S. Attorney's Office here in the Western District of the Sololinskyite radical revolutionary terrorists that run this operation out here. Barry Reed and the cabal of the Reed Family Trust LC, Cedar Family Trust LC, and his uh, son and uh, some of their other sycophants. He had a uh, special fellow that was mentoring in his office for a number of years as a law clerk that he eventually got his law license and Harry Reid, surprise, surprise, appointed him as the Secretary of the Interior so he could steal more lands back in the form of Babbitt from the American people by chiseling them off of the lands that were held in trust for the beneficial hands of we the people. But that's uh, about the well, size of it. Those were pledged in 1933, so you can forget all that. Did you get that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of... That, those lands and all the lands... It's kind of an lands, unbelievable situation. All the lands and all the people in the new system of government 
passed March the 9th, which were now considered property under the 14th Amendment in the feudal system, were all pledged as property for the bankruptcy. March the 9th, 1933. If you don't believe it, I think it was Daryl that dug up that Senate resolution that was passed a month later. Yeah, Senate Resolution 62. 62. Senate, what, Senate Resolution 62. And if you yeah, read what did it, it, talk about? It, re, it talks about all the property belongs to the federal government unless by operational law. It has that specific phrase in there, doesn't it, Daryl? Yeah, I can, I, Cody, I can, uh, I can quote it for you here. Uh, I have it, I have it right here in front of me, my hot little hand. On the front of it, my own handwriting, I, it says contracts payable in gold, center resolution number 62, and right below that, I, in my handwriting and capital letters, I wrote, who's your daddy? Uh, uh, it, on page 13 of Senate Resolution 62, you can find it online. It's out of the uh, government printing office and the uh, 73rd Congress and the Library Congress. It's their document, page 13, top paragraph says, uh, quote, the ultimate ownership of all property is in the state, individual so-called Ownership is only by virtue of government, i.e. law, amounting to mere user. And use must be in accordance with law and subordinate to the necessities of the state. Listen, I, I don't think it can get any clearer as to what their intentions are. Uh, this is the revocation of property rights of who you thought you were and what you thought your rights were. Uh, this is the contradiction. This is what the Bundys were going through. Uh, uh, and I, I supported them, and uh, I actually sweated and tried to figure out how I could load my trailer and drive out there to support them, and uh, it was just, it, I just could not find the logistics to do it. But, um, and I, that was, you know, I wasn't aware of everything that I'm aware of now to the point I am, but, uh, I still wanted to supply moral support to him. And, uh, you know, Mr. Finnegan is, uh, a perfect example of what you were talking about earlier, uh, Cody, and I appreciate it. it but when they bring, when they bring the tyranny and oppression, uh, there, there's no amount of anything that you're going to say or do, okay, when, when they decide to take you out, uh, they'll take you out. But my right? question... And this, this is... This is this, and we don't yeah. know the answer to this, but would that have happened had Leroy Finnecombe and his family known about this information and had an affidavit on file? We, and I don't know the answer to that question, but I, well, think, I, it's, yeah. I think it's only appropriate well, I don't think that, they, that yeah. it get posed. People I don't are think they would fighting back. I mean, you look at Ruby Ridge. They shot what was her name? They shot the wife Vicky, holding the baby, Vic, right? Vicky, I mean, yeah. Vicky Weaver, Lauren Horiuchi. Then you got Waco, where they had plenty of chances to arrest him, and he had been in town at various different times. You know, the sniper. Oh, that yeah, but, shot. Well, 
Yeah, put it in context though. None of these none of these people none of these people that we're talking about here, okay, and and I respect I actually respect them all. Uh, uh, none of these people were had effectuated uh, executed what we're talking about as far as who they were and their status in this relationship. And uh, this lady's been brought up on this uh, this forum many times. But Roger, uh, uh, Anna Von Reitz is in complete agreement with uh, this statement. And she yelled and screamed at the top of her voice and tried to contact these people, uh, Finnegan and the Bundys, and tried to get this through to them. And they couldn't hear it for whatever reason, uh, is, was my understanding of it. So... Uh, here we have we have people. They they were in rebellion, Cody. They were in rebellion to their uh, to the allegiance masters. to their their lord, to the lord of the manor. Yes, but you should exactly have to change your status to be a to be a free person. I'm sorry. I mean, well, they claim, I, well, hold it, hold know. it, hold it, Cody. That's the scam. That's the fraud, man. Yeah. There are, let me quote, Cody, hold on. I'm going to quote you a Goethe quote. Goethe wrote Faust. Okay, he used to hang around with all of the Hegel and all those guys in that time frame. You know about Faust? You know about the opera Faust? Well, Faust, Faust cut a deal with the devil. Okay? And Goethe's statement was there are none so helplessly enslaved as those who falsely believe they are free and that's exactly the situation they've gotten us in hey samuel welcome aboard have you got the good phone on today yeah i think so yeah you do (laughs) sound a lot better Okay. Hey, I um, I just uh, I know you guys probably know who David Lester Strait is, right? Kind of. Hello. Yeah, kind of. I've seen his. I've seen some of his work floating he, around. He's got a a, a little over two hour video in, on YouTube. It's dated March third, two thousand and nineteen. He does a very good job of explaining all of this. He's very thorough, very clear. He saved over 250 children from being taken from their parents by CPS. He's very good at uh, using the system uh, that we have here uh, and making it work for him. Uh, They fear him. He doesn't fear them. And that's just a simple act of becoming empowered. They scare, they're scared to death of people who are empowered, who are on a correct footing. I'm telling you. Because all of their fraud's exposed. Yeah, he, he says he doesn't even call the judge your honor. He says the, uh, he calls a Mr. Administrator. <laughs> that's probably very accurate. Well, they're, they're a magistrate in a common law court. No, they're, they're no, they're, no, they're not. There's no common law courts in the country except the U.S. Court of Claims, is my belief. And uh, they're, they're administrative judges. They're administrating in bankruptcy. 
Yeah. There's no there's no Article Three courts, and even the even the claims court was reorganized, yeah. and uh, it's not really a uh, true uh, bona fide no. Article Three uh, court. But they've uh, hidden. But I believe I, they've hidden. I try, hid, to, I try I believe, to put these things. I believe they've hidden yeah. it there, just like they gloss over with non-citizen national with the U.S. national in the background. I think that's the same thing they've done yeah. at the U.S. Court of Claims. Ralph, uh, I try to. Yeah. Where, where, go where, ahead, Chris. Where, what about Winter Ralph? Where he, well, he, he, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ralph. <laughs> what about Winter Ralph and the Court of Claims? He has really. He's pretty clearly researched this on Westlaw and determined that the Federal Court of Claims is actually an Article One legislative court but it has the appearance of Article Three, or at least it can act in that capacity yeah. in some aspects. And you use that as a pathway to get to the last supposed original organic Article Three, which is the yep. VCUS. I'm not convinced because I have discovered that the agency in charge of all the federal judges, so-called, is the administrative Article Three office, and I find that to be preposterously oxymoronic, polarly opposite, because it cannot be administrative and be Article Three, because administrative is color of law, and Article Three is true law. Well, don't forget when the when our country was founded, and I remember John used to tell us this, and I've mentioned it before with Brent on, because in England back in those days, every every different jurisdiction had its own separate building and court. And you could tell by what the terms that were being used, which one of those jurisdictions that case was being tried or heard in. And when we started our country, we didn't have the budgets to do all those things or the structure. And so they just lumped all those jurisdictions in into one court setting. And yeah. we're still kind of dealing with the backlash what, what, of that what? today. One of the things that straight went through, he says, at the beginning of the country, he says, uh, uh, all the postal departments were postal districts, and they still are today, and that they had the court in there, and they had the, a bank in there. So, and he, this stuff still lingers today and is all part of that system. Very well could be. I don't know. I haven't researched that, but it, it, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me. You know what the you know why they call it the post office, Samuel, by the way? No. Because in the old days there wasn't a building and there was a post in the middle of the town square and if you had correspondence you'd go up and nail it to the post. And whoever was supposed to get it would come by and check the post and see it for them and pull it off and, and, and receive it. I see. Interesting. Well, that's a, no, that's a nice I'll, I'll, interesting etymology. Yeah, um, I would. I, would I, I, I wonder. Well, hold on, only one at a time. Go, go ahead, Samuel. Go ahead, Samuel. He 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 also said that when he did his uh, affidavit, he made he made an appointment with uh, uh, the closest office he could get to that had the Secretary of State office in his state. I think it was Seattle in his case. He made an appointment with an officer that handles nationals. He sat down in front of him, handed him the affidavit. He says he went home and had his 
passport in two days. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Good for him. My my closest experience with that is with that guy, and I've told the story that I met in Miami on the flight to Argentina the first time I went down there, and him and his girlfriend were from the embassy, and they were taking a month-long vacation in Argentina. And I didn't get to speak to him but a minute at the terminal, and they did the boarding call, and they took off, and, and I didn't get to see the guy to, again till the next morning in line to go to the bathroom after everybody slept on one of those long flights all night. And there he was a captive audience. And I said, well, you work at the embassy, huh? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, you know, there's a lot of people that are expatriating because that was 11 years ago when that was first starting to hit. And he goes, that's what I do at the embassy. And I went, oh, really? And I said, did you know there's two different types of citizenships in the country? And you could see the guy's reaction in his eyes. Because he just absolutely froze. And he looked at me in, 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 in a real joddled answer. He said, uh, 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 I, I don't know anything about that. You'd have to ask some of the legal guys up at the State Department. And he got out of the line, Samuel, and left after he'd been sitting there for 10 minutes to use the bathroom. And he fled up to the front of the plane, and I never saw him again. Yeah. So there are people that know, you know, the other one was when I went to get my temporary passport in Argentina because my first one had been stolen. And I actually got to sit down with the gal from the embassy and give her my affidavit personally and explain it to her. It's the only time it's ever happened to me. And the girl looked at me and she said, well, Roger, we've dealt with other U.S. nationals before. We've never dealt with one like this. That was her exact statement. And I said, well, why don't you take that back to the embassy down there in Buenos Aires and give it to the legal department? And 10 days later, I got my passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, straight says that so, it says right inside the passport that you are not supposed to be detained or helped. You're supposed to be helped by any law enforcement. And he says when they get him... Uh, he just points that out in his passport because he doesn't obviously carry a driver's license. And uh, the officers let him go. Say, well, have a nice day. Well, you know, the best example we've had, and, he, and of course, you can't get anything definitive out of this. But the best example was earlier this year and that gal from Texas, Victoria or Virginia, uh, and her husband, who, who was a naturalized uh, a Mexican-American. And he's been through the service and everything else and had heard this information. And he was the first guy of the naturalized group that sent in a passport uh, application with an affidavit and got the passport back. Now, they had gone ahead and paid the extra 35 bucks and gotten a passport card. And last Christmas, you probably heard this story, but for, me, for some of you that hadn't, this is interesting to say the least. They must have drawn, driven from Dallas out to California because they only flew back one way. And they had their reservation from LAX. They go out to LAX and they use their passport card to check in at the deal. And the guy goes, directs them over to the long line where you got to take off your belt and your shoes and go through the scanner. And they're sitting there and waiting in that line. And they said the guy came running over. 
the clerk from the from the desk came running over and grabbed them out of that line and said, I've made a mistake, and brought them over to the express line, and they expressed right through. Now, there's no other reason that would have happened than what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Street yeah. is an ex steel uh, and deputy sheriff. Uh, so he, he's got the, the background also in the system, and uh, he, uh, he's gotten himself up to the point where he does this to teach, um, which is very good. Well, I, li- I like him right off because he's, his name's David Strait, and, and that's one of my favorite people I've ever known. Uh, it's not him, unfortunately. It's not the same guy. But I admire anybody that's gone on their own path and gotten something that works here. And the biggest thing we can count on is the death of a thousand cuts. Okay? Rather than waiting for everybody to get Roger's way of doing this, at least other people are popping up and they're getting hit because evidently a common theme through Anna Von Wrights and through this guy, David Strait, and through a couple others that are out there are filing some sort of a declaration or paperwork with the Secretary of State. And as long as that's happening, it's all good. I, I've got the PDF of his... I found a PDF of his of his affidavit online. It is forty seven pages long. Yeah, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You could literally you could literally take that certificate of non citizen nationality, pull that one sentence out, and then under the next one point two put I'm not related to black slaves after the Civil War. You don't need forty seven pages, you need two lines. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I just, I just thought I'd put that out there. If anybody wants to check in, check out what he did. Anyway, that's all. For okay. those who you, are yeah. interested in yes. David Strait, he was on with John Statmiller yesterday on Republic Broadcasting Network. Either yesterday or the day before, the archive had that information. I didn't get to hear the whole program. I heard uh, sections of it. I was stimulated by his conversation. It wasn't until later that I was able to discover it was actually David Strait on me. And I am pretty familiar with Panabon Wright's uh, stuff. Uh, it is worthy to note that I still think it's significant that it took me almost a year to get my passport. And it wasn't until I was provided the special knowledge from a high-level Department of State Inspector General or Ombudsman that I spoke with that directed me to the Bureau of Consular Affairs as the repository for the records and the administrator of all the diplomatic, ambassadorial, and consulary immunity passports around the nation and visas for traveling diplomats. And so it's a very interesting lead and another link in the chain that we have discovered that gets us to the right place of who handles these documents. I would dare say, and hopefully so, that not anyone that's going to apply for this is going to have to go through what Chris went through because of your previous baggage that you drag up everywhere you go. Special Chris. <laughs> you just, you're just the, the lucky. The point of a lot of this is that we don't... Yeah, yeah. I, I, one of the important points I want to draw out here is that this information isn't about a cult of personalities where some guru is, uh, uh, you're following a guru. 
Okay, this is this is uh, open open information, and for individuals to learn it and apply it. So you you don't have to be caught up in a cult of personality. Uh, so you have some hero leading you. Be your own hero. You know, Darryl, uh, learn the information and learn how to apply it in your life. Thank you. How many times have you guys heard me say on here, this isn't about me? This information isn't about me. That's why I don't try and put my name. At, I mean, you got to, it's who I am. You got to put it out there, but it's not about me. This information, this show, all this, it's about you. You see, it's not about me. It's about you. It's just like Daryl said. You got to make it your own, and you're the one that's going to get empowered. You're the one that's looking for your freedom. Hell, I got mine years ago. Well, I got Harriet Tubman was trying to free the slaves. I mean, I just want well, you to know uh, you got yeah, a choice, yeah. okay? You got a yeah. choice. Here's Gary. Gary's going to check well, in now. Gary's interesting because he's real new, and he's real green, and he's one of these guys that's taking a drink out of the fire hydrant. Hey, Gary, how's the weather in the Florida Panhandle today? Hi, Gary. It's pretty warm. Pretty warm. Hey, how are you? Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still a bit warm here. Uh, weather's breaking a little bit in the morning, You know, some cool mornings, but it's definitely welcome. Gary, I'm but, sorry. Uh, I'm, I got I'm really a, enjoying. I got you mixed up with the other new Gary, and the in, and I got you in Florida, and I think oh. I got him in Florida too. So that was my mistake. This is our buddy <laughs> Gary from South Florida. Go ahead, yeah. man. I'm sorry. I do still feel green because you know, as you first said, because I still have so much to learn. I I know I'll always be learning, and it's it's such a pleasure and uh an honor to to have this information and you know every now and then you pick up this little gold nugget and it's like i didn't know that that's really interesting let me dig into that and uh so it's uh yeah i still see see myself as green no doubt about it and uh but anyway um i'm enjoying the the subject matter today there's so many great topics so many great things have been said and um and I received my uh, passport book and card. Congratulations! I to okay, let me. You got your card yeah, right there. Thank you. And you got uh, your card. Have you got your card right there, hand? I. It is. I have it right here. Yes. Okay. Sir. Uh, flip over um, to the back and get and, and see if there's an O nine in your numerical sequence. I was looking for that the other day, and yeah, several codes uh, separated by arrows. Um, and oh, it starts with an 09. There you go. There you go. I no. believe that's the designation. Now, if some of no, you, I don't have it. If some of you really want to get industrious and you want to get the exact answers to this, it's uh-huh. pretty simple, fairly simple instructions online on how to send in a freedom of information request and send in a freedom of information request to the state department requesting the manual that deciphers all those codes. Yeah, that'd be that'd be uh that'd be definitely um valuable having that info, no doubt about it. I don't have an O nine. I mean it's in the midst of a code, yeah. one of the codes that's or okay. the, a I, series I, of I'm numbers. Sure, I'm there sure is an O nine I'm like sure that's right it. in the middle. Yep. Okay, it's actually 909 right in the middle, and and then at the end of it's USA. 
and uh, good thing it doesn't say U.S. But but anyway, um, and that uh, and Jim called in Tuesday, and um, I was really uh, taken with that that conversation because the thought kind of crossed my mind as I received the passport book and then the book a few days later, I mean the card a few days later, I thought, Hmm, that's interesting. It doesn't look any different than my passport from 21 years ago. And so his, his input that, that he shared, um, kind of was crossed my mind, but then I got to thinking, you know what I, I, and I think I don't mean to speak for Jim, but I think what he was trying to get at was how come they don't acknowledge it in the book? And maybe that doesn't matter because the affidavit stands as the highest well, form of evidence in law. Well, let's go back so, to Sun Tzu. Let's so go back a couple of, I'm going to go back a couple thousand years. We're going to go to Sun Tzu. And, and, and you know, you know yourself, right. know your enemy and all that. So let's try and know our enemy, first of all, and how they do things and why. Not what they do, but the other reasons behind it. So if you're pulling this scam off on right. a bunch of dumbasses in this country and putting them under bondage, and all of a sudden somebody figures out what's going on because you had to use fraud to do it in the first place. So if people, somebody finds out what's going on and they figure out how to rectify it, are you going to give them a passport that looks different from everybody else's where they can run around and go, look, I'm different from you. Look, look, mine's different. Are you going to do that? Good point. Good point. Yeah, you're, okay. they're not going to do that. All Correct. right. Now let me add another yeah. point. I, when I was in Argentina, one of my friends down there, Stuart, his father was in the diplomatic corps, and his father had died. He'd gone back to the country and gotten all of his old belongings, and in it was his 1940s passport. And I got it and right. compared the two, and the only difference was that one mm-hmm. had a green cover, but the verbiage inside was exactly the same all the way back to the 40s. Right. Huh. Interesting. Oh, and I, I'm guessing that... It doesn't matter if they, and I think he was trying to get to the word acknowledge. Um, I think it doesn't matter if they acknowledge it or not. No. Because that affidavit, it's put in, it's filed, it's a done deal. As you said, they can't rebut it. And so it's, it's over. I mean, so, and, and they wouldn't want to acknowledge it anyway, as you were saying, because then it would be blatantly obvious. So they just stand well, silent. If they correct? acknowledge it, and they've convicted themselves of fraud. Yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, and yeah, um, it didn't. It didn't occur to me. And but you know, it's like all our lives. I, I thought about this the other day. That isn't this really incredible and poetic justice? Because all our lives, as U.S. citizens, we were nice. Nice. It, it's wonderful to say that in past tense. We were consenting all along the way and um silence deems, deems consent oh, oh it wasn't silence and, you know, no, even though we're no gary we're checking that gary hold it it wasn't cons- it wasn't silence. well we were checking that box well you were checking both of them right. hell yeah i live right we, over there i'm a citizen yeah, i pump right. red white and blue and you give them right your consent oh, I, of the I government yep right right now 1040s and all that how many times did we check that little box yeah you assistant that's me and uh, I'm an American. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're indoctrinated thinking that's the real American. And, but, but I was thinking about um, how they have to stand silent 
and silence Dean's, Dean's consent. So we filed that affidavit, and they're they're saying they are their lips are mum. Well, let me tell you, you know, and, when you really understand this, when you file that affidavit, you've convicted them in a common law court, and they have mm. admitted because they can't deny. <laughs> got them, got them by the balls. Um, yeah, you've got them, and and uh, yeah, it's. There's no way out. Well, Gary, There's no way out for them. Gary, they I corner themselves. Yes, sir. Daryl. Gary, I, I have a little corroborating. Uh, I, I have something here I want to I want to read for uh, for you and for uh, some other people that haven't heard this. Uh, it hasn't been brought up for some time. This is corroborating information from the Federal Register. Okay, uh, you can go online to the Federal Register. And you can get it, print out your own personal copy of an executive order uh, that was uh, uh, published on uh, August 4th of 1999 under William Jefferson Clinton under the title Federalism. Now, this is their document in the Library Cong uh, in the Federal Register, excuse me, and uh, it's on the very first page under subparagraph D. And this is the statement, uh, one small paragraph. This is big. Listen to this. This corroborates. It says, the people of the states are free, comma, subject only to the restrictions in the Constitution itself or in constitutionality, uh, authorized acts of Congress, act, uh, authorized acts of Congress, to de now hear this, to define the moral, comma, political, comma, and legal character of their lives. Now this is an executive order called, uh, I'll say this, I'll repeat it, Executive Order 13132. This corroborate, this is corroboration vis-a-vis uh, -vis an executive order. Note, note that the, the verbiage uh, used in this does not say the citizens of the United States are free. It says the people of the states. Mm. Now, I, I want to I want to reinforce this. This is important. This is a very small paragraph. Their language is accurate. In my estimation, it's very accurate, and it's delineating. It's a delineation. And, and this is what I want to tie this back into is earlier in the conversation. And here's a, here's a, here's a statement. Uh, this is to help people separate, uh, compartmentalize who's who uh, versus you and them. Right. And the statement is, don't confuse the government you have with the government you're supposed to have. All right? Very now, that's, that's one part. That's one part of the dialectic. Here's the other part. Don't confuse the political status identity you're supposed to have with the political identity status you actually have. Okay, so now you have four variables. Okay, if any of you are statistics fans out there, uh, you can see that there's combinations going on here. This is a this is a verbal word puzzle, and I'm trying to illustrate this with statistics and some 
probabilities and 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 uh, permutations of how confusing it can get. If you don't exactly know who you are and who they are and define this relationship, you're a part of their plan. Okay, and every time. Uh, so this is the, this is the contradictory and the confusing part, which leads to frustration and, and, and anger and people being upset. But I, I think this, I, I, uh, I hope this helps clear some of this up in, in, uh, how you compartmentalize this, uh, relationship in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does. It does. But I, I understood that I'm returning to that state citizen the old state citizen, correct? I mean, you mentioned in that clause it, it was. Uh, that's what it is. The, the, the people matter of what, the state are do, free. That's right. It doesn't matter what they label it because they can right. label it anything under the sun. Right. It matters what it is, and that's why we concentrate on concepts. Uh-huh. It's the concept gotcha. you want to get your arms around. Yeah. You're either free right. or uh, you're bond, and yeah. there are no other choices. Boy. Sure, understood. Crystal clear, and and sh- and shedding that, like I said a couple of weeks ago, shedding that outer layer, that our outer garment, you know, that you carried your whole life, that you thought that was just it, that you a citizenship um, robe, you know, you've derobed, and underneath, lo and behold, you have the power after all, and you have that S under the, under that under that suit, and uh, so. Now, uh, Daryl, that's, you said Federal Registrar Executive Order 13132, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Under Bill Clinton. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll check that out. Thank you. Um, How's yeah, your brother, Gary? That. How's your brother coming Boy, along? With, how's your brother coming along with this? He's, he's, he's tuning in as we speak, and uh, he's over in Texas. And uh, But he's we have a lot of good conversations, Raj, and... and uh, He's he's just he sees it, and there's you know it's it's crystal clear. Well, I want to compliment on, you. I want to compliment yeah. you on on a spreading the word through your family, and I want to say how lucky you are that you got family members that uh that are or will listen, because there's a lot of folks out there that don't have well, that situation, and you get into families yeah. with this, marriages or just families in oh, general, I, yeah. and it can be extremely divisive. Yeah. So you're very fortunate. And I can understand how, yeah, I, I understand that. And, and yeah, I, I do feel very blessed in that regard. And um, I, I could see how a lot of people would be isolated from their families, ostracized. And it's like, oh, he's a crackpot, you know, so-and-so. And uh, the nut job. But, look yeah, like, I look, think it comes look. back to what we talked about before. And, you know, I think if a person stays in that teachable spirit, you know, that, that humility. And, and you were talking about this earlier where a person's got to be right. You know, th- there's those people out there got to be right for all, you know, expen- at all expenses. And that's pride. It's nothing. It's exactly. It's, it's, and it's, so it's Mark Twain. It's easier to fool a man than tell him he's been fooled. And the under underlying reason is because so of pride is because of exactly what you said. How, yeah. You're not going to prove me wrong. I'm right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is this is where they have this is where they have political control over you. Okay. Mm-hmm. They 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 use money 
and debt and sex to get political control over you. Okay, so mm -hmm. this, this extends into families and all kinds of personal behaviors. Here's a great question for you. It's a great question people can ask themselves and then apply it. Just walk around all day applying this to everybody you know and, and what you see going on in the world. And here's the question. How do you know you're living beyond your means? Is there anybody out here that is living beyond your means? Okay, question mark. Okay, mm -hmm. and and so here's here's the the baseline answer. Okay, so remember the question and then start applying it. Uh, and and here's the baseline answer. You know you're living beyond your means when your debt burden is controlling your choices. Yep. Doesn't matter if you're a local government, a state government, you know your your children and their credit cards or you and your credit cards or or uh, what whatever you have contracted with and obligated yourself to all of a sudden you are living beyond your means because whatever those means are okay it's all relative mm -hmm. it's, this is why it's yeah. it's a universal uniform sort of question that is very objective and and you can if you use that standard that that question that basis you can start asking these questions. Things all, all of a sudden start, you start getting answers, okay? You're living beyond your means. Well, well why is the left, the so-called left, and the neoliberals freaking out? Well, they've been living beyond their means. And, and they understand that. <laughs> okay? Uh, the United States has been living beyond its means. And its choices are being controlled by this debt. That kills. Yep. Well, the day of reckoning. Point. Good point. Oh. The days of reckoning are not far off, Mr. Darrell. Drawing nigh. No doubt about it. Uh, Darrell, you mentioned earlier you're talking about um, withdrawing the, I, the. The word came to mind, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the form is called revocation of election. Isn't that what it is? What you're, I think you're referring to? And yeah. file that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, are what you does that really usually, do, though? I mean, that is usually well, specific well, IRS terminology you're using. Revocation of election okay. is yeah, I, okay. in the yeah. Internal Revenue Code. So, so, and it was the front end of this whole process and how John and Glenn got started. Because he found that revocation of election, okay. and in that verbiage inside Title 26 CFR, it says if you've been filing under the wrong status, you can correct your status and then put in other returns, to, and they'd send you your last three years of taxes back. That's revocation of election. That's the only place I've mm -hmm. ever heard it used uh, that okay. I can remember right off the bat. Uh, Daryl, have you seen it used yeah. anywhere else? Yeah, well, no, no, I, um, I, I appreciate that. Uh, what I was referring to is when you, when you go to your DMV and, uh, you get, you, you renew your, your, uh, your commercial driver's license, no, your, your driver's license. And they say, uh, you, you know, your voter registration and you say, no, I don't want to do that. Get off their voter registration. Why are you voting in their elections? Okay. Are you, are you a citizen of the District of Columbia? 
You know, you can also take the other exactly. tact if you want and, to be very yeah. adversarial, right. and you can go in there and demand that they change you to an elector as opposed to a voter. If you want to participate in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Take it in. Okay. Chris, I, yeah, I was, was going to ask you. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, here comes Gary from the Panhandle. Chris, you were going to say something? Well, whenever you... Yeah, whenever you registrate or stratify in the name of the corporate regis to vote, the word language in the 14th Amendment is except for purposes of being in rebellion. You are rebelling against the lawful state government, and you're giving your proxy vote to the party to select federal representatives for your state. This is, you know, this is a culmination of investigation and deep research by multiple different peoples that are coming to clarify this devised confuse ion. And so when you revoke your election, your revocation of election, you are then assuming the capacity of a qualified elector instead of a proxy voter extender to others to represent your vote and to their consent they presume you've given them to operate with to that's why they have these electoral colleges and stuff collages where they really uh, usurp your intents of what you want and pervert it to their own interests. Well, let's hope they convert it from a democracy to a republic, but the whole thing is pretty much a waste of effort, if you ask me. I haven't participated in many years. Uh, Gary, our Gary number two from the Panhandle, did check in with us. So let me differentiate the two and welcome Gary from the Panhandle, and I'll ask him the question. How's the weather in the Panhandle today, Gary? I don't get outside, but I want to criticize you, first of all, for calling me number two. I've been <laughs> told to softball. <laughs> calling me that is just too much. Well, it wasn't meant like that. <laughs> See, Gary, number one, you screwed everything up here. So, oh, boy. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear from you because I know you're new here. And, and, and I, again, I want to say welcome and thanks for calling in and contacting us. Is there anything we can help you at this early stage of your awakening clarify? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things. And, and, and just to, to, to reemphasize, I'm quite ill. Can, are you able to hear me okay? I'm using a speakerphone on a landline. Am I, am I going, coming we, through okay? We hear you. We Is hear there you. Too much? No, we hear Is you. Is there noise? No, you got a pretty good speakerphone. It comes through pretty good, Gary. Uh, good. Um, I, well, I want to make sure the NSA gets it properly. Yes, of um, course. Uh, uh, now, um, vis-a-vis our first conversation, um, uh, you may recall that, that, that I've been in the, in the country for decades, that I've been ill since 96, so I'm out of the loop. I'm not a citizen, and at, on your recommendation, and not that it's your fault, but I went ahead and, and started the application progress uh, program to naturalize. Good for you. Congratulations. And I, I wanted to – well, I, I haven't done it yet, and, and I have two questions. First of all, have you handled anybody who, uh, who has naturalized recently go through your program? And the specific reason why I'm mentioning that is when I went through 
the, the uh, questions, uh, it was reminiscent of the Nuremberg trials, uh, <laughs> what I suppose Americans would think of it as, as McCarthyite, although as I see it, McCarthy was right until he crossed Roy Cohn. It, it, the, the questions were unbelievable. Um, uh, had you had you served the Nazis between 33 and 45? Have you been a concentration? Yada yada yada. Have you ever been a terrorist group? And and the way I'm looking at it, it is that because we now have hate speech laws, and and uh, and essentially uh, the people we don't we can't mention anymore are the ones writing the rules. In, in essence, they can declare anything a terrorist and anything hate speech. And so that means when I, when I press the application and send that in, in, in essence, so far as I can see, I, I've got nowhere to hide. Have you had anybody who's done this recently enough and what their impression of those questions are? No, and, and quite frankly, I've, I've never helped anybody go through the naturalization process. I just suggested it to you. Because if you truly want this freedom that we're able to uh, achieve because of our natural status, then you're going to have to get naturalized. But I can guarantee you that if you're naturalized, you will fit into the criteria to achieve this. So it really doesn't depend on me. It depends on you. Well, no, no. I, 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 see, I see what you're saying. And, and part of the... the the, um, what makes me perplexed in this regard is that we clearly see, by the, by even by the title of your own book, is is that we're searched by virtue of words and the changing of words. And what I'm what I'm saying is that this application, the the words, the neurolinguistic programming, the, the the legalism that's going on in these words, in essence, is is makes me check yes. All the way along, and if I don't check, if I don't give an answer to a question, I can't go any further. So it, it strikes me that legalism is, is a problem, is a severe problem here. And, and with all due respect, and I admire you greatly, I wouldn't have called you otherwise. This is now my second call, so I'm not a virgin anymore. Um, uh, it, 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 it strikes me that if we're combating legalism, with legalism, that's problematic. Well, now, that's well, not no, dissuading me. Well, well, let me correct you. It's not We're, dissuading me. Well, let, let me just see if I can clarify something for you. We're combating legalisms <laughs> with lawfulisms. You see, things can be legal and not lawful, and that's the game that's being played here. I agree with that, but someone earlier in the conversation where we're uh, uh, I don't know if it was Chris or Daryl or whomever was commenting upon the court system, and and mentioned uh, again. I don't know uh, all the formalities, but that, that there are no is it Article Three courts? Is that is that what I'm? I'm not sure. That there, but the the sort of courts that used to exist, there aren't any anymore. Correct. And and if on the one and we say we're trying to get out of that legal system and into a lawful system, but that court system has been expunged, that sounds to me problematic. Well, the court system, the way they've brought it in is to administer the bankruptcy to all the new pieces of property. 
And there used to be, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, there's Article One and Article Three courts. One of them are the old const uh, uh, common law constitutional courts, and the other basically are administrative tribunals. And because they're, because correct, after the change... And I'll, I'll hold on. I'll turn it over to you a second. After the change with the bankruptcy, there were no more free citizens. Everybody was in this new class, and they structured the entire judicial system. That's why they took over. And I don't know, Gary, if you've been around long enough to hear this, but the people that control the country in bankruptcy are the Secretary of Treasury and the Attorney General, and they're both paid by the International Monetary Fund. Now, if you were going to come in and take over a country and apply these rules and start running it like this, you would absolutely have to have control of A, the financial, and B, the legal. And that's why they set it up like that, and they converted it over. But here's the interesting thing. Now, the other system is still there. It's just been veneered over. And the way we know that is because, A, they had to do it with fraud. And, B, I had a caller call in one day a couple of years ago, and he had just gotten turned on to the information. And we were talking about this common law and the court system and stuff. And he said, I want to tell you I'm a process server in Delaware, and I serve those common law writs every day. There's eight common law writs debt and you and i don't remember them all i keep trying to get brent to come on here and elaborate them but there's eight of them and he said i serve process with those things every day that system's still there it's just been veneered over okay well th there's no question in my mind that that that, that the system the, the system is predicated on fraud and so far as i can see the original fraud was actually uh during what we what we call the Revolutionary War, which seems in retrospect to me to be more of a civil war than a revolutionary war, and the real revolutionary war was what we call the civil war, but that's neither here nor there. But, but, but the original fraud was perpetrated at the beginning, but it was tiny. So I agree with, with, with all of that argument. What I'm, I'm hesitant to do is to get myself into a system when it's already too late for me, uh, but I have no problem uh, uh, doing it if, if there's a question about it, if, because what I don't want to do is yell fire and run away from the fire. I want to yell fire and run to the fire, except I can't run anymore. And, um, so, well, you can't. I, if if you I, here's the here's the way to approach your situation. Your goal, and maybe I'm going to put words in your mouth here. Your goal is to achieve this freedom. My goal is to do the right thing. Okay. Well, then I, I would say those coincide. Okay. Now, Gary, the important part about this that I try and hammer into everybody is that these rights that we uh, people here have achieved and you're attempting to achieve, there's only been 200, two 200-year periods in the entire history of civilization where men have had access to these rights. And that's the importance right there to me. Oh, well, so far, so far as I can see, I, 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 I would phrase it slightly different. And I, I would say since uh, Jesus Christ was baptized, it strikes me that, 
that there has been a group of people who've had that freedom. They just don't have the freedom in this kingdom. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, again, th this all hinges on my, my conversion. None of this would have happened uh, without my conversion. That's what, what drives me to do it. it but it's, it's very distressing to, to have uh, uh, Christian, so-called Christian after so-called Christian say things and, and they're legalistically fighting at each other and tearing themselves apart when, of course, what we need is, is to be unified from each of our different perspectives. The, the, the bottom line is, if I'm hearing you correctly and nobody else is, is, is interrupting to, to question it, and, uh, and again, I'll, uh, well, I won't go there. I'll, I'll go ahead and make the application. Do you have any idea how long that takes? I have no idea. Because the other problem I have is, well, is that unless it's fairly close, I can't, I can't get there. But I'll, I'll, I'll get around that. Well, uh, listen, as you, uh, as you I, go I, down, because you're a total newbie here from the standpoint of you in this and from the standpoint of the situations and the circumstances that you bring to the table. So I would say that we're all extremely interested in what you're doing and how you progress. So don't think that you don't have people here that aren't willing to help and help you guide you down the path because nobody has ever been down it that I've worked with before. Now, you know, Virginia's husband, who was the naturalized guy, I never even talked to him. He, she, because he was working, and she's the one that came on the show for two hours, asked all the questions, wrote all the paperwork, and did everything. I don't think I've ever talked to him. So I'm not sure when he was naturalized, but he came to the U.S. as a young man and had he, obviously an adult now and had been through a military career and all the rest of the stuff. I just don't have answers to those questions, Gary, but I'm very interested in your situation because you can help educate us as to this path where there very well may be others that want to do this down the line. Well, I'll go oh, Gary. Gary, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to address your, your previous, uh, conceptual question that you had, the big picture question you had about, uh, jumping out of the, uh, uh I, I liked how you said it, uh, yelling fire and then running into the fire. Um, uh, so there's two words here that need to be brought out. Uh, one is called de facto. The other one is de jure. And, uh, the reason, uh, I would uh, uh, propose that you don't see a real common law Article Three courts or because they are in de facto since, uh, as Roger's been hammering on today appropriately, March 9th, 1933, this is a de facto uh, representation of the United States uh, government. And so you have to, uh, in order to exercise Article Three. For the peoples of the states, you would have to be de jure, uh, which, uh, from my understanding, means uh, legitimate. You have to be legit. And uh, the way to do that is that it takes a, a, a group of, of uh, men, women, uh, in a county where you can convene if there's a critical mass number where you have to be able to convene a common law uh, court, and uh, which then the offices are occupied. So these offices are all there, 
they're just unoccupied. That's All right. So you, you can't look to this, this government that you, it goes back to my previous, uh, um, uh, statements about confusing, uh, the government you think you have with the one you actually have, they can't, they can't do these things for you. We actually have to reconstitute. Uh, I think that's an appropriate way to say it. Uh, these, these, de jure, de jure jurisdictions. And this is why one of the reasons in another big picture way of thinking about it, why I, uh, am sort of humbled and appreciate Brent Winters because I would like to have him, um, in that, in that area where he could, uh, use his expertise in common law in those common law, uh, courts, jurisdiction, grand jury. You I, see, hope, Gary, uh, I hope that, uh, Gary, if we had, and this is the premise that this is all based on after the war to bring in the civil law, as Daryl has aptly titled it, they said the states can no longer secede. But then they took one county out of Virginia, a large western county, and they made an entire state out of it called West Virginia. So evidently states can't secede, but counties can. Okay? And so one of the things we've been striving to do well, I, we've made a little progress. I don't know how much, but if see if we could get at least 12 and preferably more people that have filed this paperwork up there in the county named Etowah in Alabama where Daryl is, and now we can impanel a common law grand jury. All these people that have been having these common law grand juries since the Murrah bombing in the 90s, are nothing but serfs. And it's just like the serfs on the manor are going to get together and try and overthrow the lord of the manor. It ain't going to happen. It's going to have no legal traction. But if you get 12 people that have filed this paperwork, it's a totally different story. So that means I've got to go and live beside Daryl. Is that you what may, you're telling me? Well, I was going to ask you, you want to move a couple hundred miles north? <laughs> <laughs> it's real yeah. it's real i will tell you it's real nice up there okay that sounds like finger licking good to me daryl and you've got me really really worried yeah <laughs> Well, that's it, probably appropriate. Yeah, that's probably appropriate. Gary, I want mm. to also say something to you because you I'm mentioned sorry. it earlier. You converted to a Christian, and then you found this information, and that drives you. And you see, with most of us, it's the opposite. We stumbled into the operation, into the information, and then found our Christianity and our spirituality out of that. So you're a little bit reversed. Actually, it's not that way. Uh, I, I was fully cognizant of, the, of the, uh, the fraud within the first week uh, uh, of, of coming to the United States. So this goes, this goes back decades. Hmm. So, uh, I was 
I, I studied the financial system and was completely aware that it was a fraud. Uh, all of this. So I got all of that. The problem is that my response was despair. Yeah. And the only thing that gives me strength not to despair is Christianity. So it's so, so my story is actually the invert the, 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 the uh, is the inversion of what you just described. I knew the problem, but I was in despair, and so I didn't do anything about it. I, I was like the the, Pav, uh, the Pavlov's dogs who simply quivered in the corner because because there was no life had no meaning. As soon as life had meaning, and that happened in an instant, in an instant, there was a process thereafter, but but the event was an instant. All of a sudden, there was a reason to fight, and and I would never have called. And again, I would have never made it. I was very hesitant about making this call. Uh, in any event, I'm t- again talking too much. What I'll do is I'll go ahead and make the application, and and um, and I'll let you know how that goes. Um, I, I just, I'm just not sure I could be near Daryl because he sounds like he may be sort of tranny. I don't know. Um, and that's that's definitely humor. Um, <laughs> well, Daryl, I imagine you can... Even what? Put my <laughs> well, I'm sure he doesn't take any umbrage to that. Hey, Patrick... We hadn't heard from you I, since I can, Old Blues. I know you can roll with it. I know you can roll with it. Patrick, we hadn't heard from you since Old Blues. What's going on, bro? I just called in a side shop. We're having too much fun. <laughs> we, all right, we're guilty. <laughs> we're guilty. Um, yeah, I hear you. Hey, I figured out what the charge is. Let's... Uh, Listen to them about the credit cards and stuff, and all the debt. You know, it's human nature. You give somebody more than they can handle, they're going they're going to use it all up. And uh, people don't have discipline. I just paid my award off, and since they've quit selling bullets and guns, my seventy seven year old mother was telling me about it. She was saying you might want to think about quit buying there. I said, well, maybe from all of them, you know. But uh, well, let me ask you: Has Walmart stopped selling beer? Has Has Walmart stopped selling beer because of all the drunk driving accidents? No, they ain't going to do that. The liquid libation flowing well up here in Tennessee. But um, I don't know. I mean, this is like a sailor coming off a boat, you know. You put a pretty woman in front of him, he's going to make that mistake. Uh, discipline and, and knowing how to control yourself and living past your means is the American way. You know, the whole idea is to work less and make more. Um, you know, you've got to question yourself. Where are you at? Who are you? Where are you headed? Work less. And that's why Christianity has to be... Right. Yep, that's right. You're right, yeah, Gary. Yeah. Work some, less. Some and, I think, isn't it work less and steal more? Yeah. Why work at all? Yeah, I have to agree. Well, we got to go to depositions tomorrow on that suit coming up against the city that the attorney took free the second time. And uh, Ike told me, he said, you just remember this. Attorneys hate short answers. <laughs> so we're going to, they're going to give me, they're going to school us. And then we're going to go back and go one more time. And we're going to go do the deal that I guess this, uh, this, uh, this, this, uh, representative is afraid we might screw it up or something. But, uh, so are you in court or are you in depositions? 
Uh, where does it? They postponed it from. We filed late last year on them. Same thing that we beat them on all two years ago. Got in their coffers and then uh, expect to double down with some punitive damages, but uh, or compensatory. But the uh, the fact of the matter is, is that it's all coming up. They postponed it, parlayed it, and we got depositions coming up this month, next month on both sides, and then. Uh, you know, somewhere in the springtime, suppose we'll get to the grand finale. How much fun can a guy have? I don't like it. I don't like. It. They don't like. Of course, they're gonna have a. They're gonna have a hard time trying to put us in a box. I mean, I. I remember going to them years ago, and they just throw their hands up, say, "You can go," because I was so sarcastic. But uh, you gotta, you gotta pay attention, and you know, keep your mouth shut. Really, uh, and try to have short answers. Or use the old Bill Clinton. I don't remember. I don't recall. Those are I I I don't know. I don't remember, and I don't recall are the three answers that can get you out of any grand jury testimony. <laughs> they cannot impeach those replies. That's the definition of is. Yeah, right. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you remember when they drug some of the. When they drug some of the Clinton people up in front of Congress, one of those guys used those three phrases something like 150 times. Mueller, so long time ago. They can't eat you, don't worry about it. Well, I want to thank Gary, both Garys, and and especially Gary, the second Gary, for calling in and, and having the guts to call in and want to pursue this path, especially from your situation. How how many years have you been in the country now to this point from, from Canada, Gary? 78, 1978 is when wow, I Wow, you've been here a long time. Well, it, you should get naturalized, and, yep. and, and if you want to go ahead and follow through with that, we'll be here for you if you've got any questions or, or any quandaries along the way. And we'll be clapping for you and supporting you so that as soon as you get your naturalized citizenship, you can file one of those affidavits with the Secretary of State. Are you saying you're going to give me the clap? No. No, I said we're going to give you, <laughs> I said we're going to give you applause. <laughs> yes, I'm, it's, it's, it's my foul sense of humor. Forgive me. Yeah, yeah. Menopause. (laughs) (laughs) What part of Canada were you originally from, Gary? Uh, Toronto. Yep. Maple Leaf boy. You know, I used to work with some of those uh, some of those Canadian boys from Toronto when I first band I ever worked with was a little Canadian band. Three of your guys got together and formed a little band called Rush. They've sold about fifteen trillion records. Uh, really good guys. Those are really good guys right there, by the way. I was a big fan. Big fan. Yep. yep. A, a, a great band, but, but they're, they're pushing the same um, yeah. uh, global homo stuff. So, uh, and, and my overwhelming sense is, is that in order to become a really famous musician or athlete now, You've got to be part of the global homo thing or you're ejected. Yeah, well, they certainly try and mold you into that. I will tell you, one of those guys in that band, Neil Perth, the drummer, is an absolute true intellectual and a really good guy. All of them are good guys, but Neil Perth especially is a super... All all, all drummers are. 
He's a guy that right his, his wife got his wife and daughter got killed or something, and he took off for a year on a motorcycle and went all over the world or something. Uh, I was reading something about it or saw something on it recently. Anyway, listen, we're finished for the day, I guess, guys. I want to thank everybody that participated, and it was a good, lively discussion. I think we covered some real good ground today. And uh, glad to have both Garys, but especially any new people. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Brent. I haven't heard any different. It looks like the Internet's up, and we got the technical stuff behind us. So let's hope we'll have an event-free day with Brent tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, that contributed, and have a real good day. And I hope you got something out of uh, what we act about, okay? So thanks, guys. See you manana and really? la manana. Really enjoyed the uh Patrick, don't be a stranger. See you, Daryl. All right, bro. See you. Thank you, Raj. Ciao, 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 amigos.